1: Oh, yeah, Mr. Postman, maybe taking the day off today because it is still like a federal, national thing, holiday, whatever. Uh, even though we're all at work and with you on this Monday afternoon after the commanders did not play, which meant they could not lose. They could not get embarrassed. They could not get humiliated. They could not get mauled. They could not get gnashed in the teeth. Woo! And we actually got to watch highly competent football. Not in every case, but in many cases. And I went over that in our number one from the Atlanta Falcons and the way they executed and the comeback. And, of course, Washington will visit them on Sunday. So that's why we began and focused in on them. As well, a little bit on the Miami Dolphins. Certainly a bunch on the San Francisco 49ers. And then the team that I was just, like, wowed by. And their attack and their just viciousness down the stretch was the New York Jets. Again, help yourself out. Go NFL Plus, whatever. Watch the last two series of that game. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, they were attacking like ruthless dogs. Like a lion with a big old T-bone steak in front of them. Do yourself a favor. Watch that. You want to see defense? You want to see a plan? You want to see an attack? You want to see how to maximize talent? Uh, I think it was Dan Orlovsky, I think. I don't want to – if it was somebody else, I'm sorry. I think it was Dan Orlovsky this morning that said he needs more creativity than expectation of execution, okay? Okay. You know, like Eric the Enemy's, you know, he he talks, hey, yeah, whatever we got to do to drag our ass over the finish line, fine. Everybody's got a saying, right? Creativity over expectation of execution. What did he mean by that? It means sometimes you can't just roll a bunch of guys out there and expect that they're going to execute at a consistently high level. You can do that from time to time. You can do that maybe as your base fundamental DNA. If you do that 65 snaps a game, week in, week out, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And he, by the way, wasn't even talking about the Jets. Nobody's been talking about, again, help yourself. Watch the Jets' last two series. I know it's Russell Wilson. I know the Broncos' offensive line isn't great. Trust me, watch the last two series of the jets and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And then real quickly, before we get back to the calls, because we had to let go from Jason and Omaha. I mean, listen, the Emmanuel Forbes thing. I don't think honestly it is necessarily how they're using him. I think the problem was they expected him to be better technique wise to not gamble as much, to not miss as many tackles, to, see with his eyes before he jumps something. That's what I think. I'm not a scout. I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I'm not in their meetings. I'm not in their film review. But that's what I think. And that's why they're pissed. And that's why they finally benched him. Because if you look at the play that ultimately led to his benching, again, it wasn't even a touchdown. It was just a gamble. He tries to jump it. He tries to mash it. And not only does he not get that, but then he misses the tackle. And he's not in position to make a play and to stop the bleeding. Give up something, get something else. And he took a a, a desperate stab. As did Kendall Fuller late the other night. Took a desperate stab. After getting beat like a drum all game long. Took a desperate stab, gambled and lost. And then one more thing, the offense. While it has not been the problem that the defense is, let's not mistake anything here. The offense in game one sucked. The offense in game two moved the football, was not the problem, scored ultimately 35 points. Game three, the offense did not score until the final minute of the game. And was horrible. Game four, came out, scored on the first two drives. Then did a bunch of nothing until early in the fourth quarter. But the offense was not the problem for the most part in Philadelphia. You score 31 points, you expect to win on the road. In game five, Thursday night, can somebody help remind me what the offense did in the first half? Oh, that's right. Three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And a Joey Sly 51-yard field goal. And down 27-3. So, I mean, let's not act like this is just one problem. That the offense is also not an issue. The offense has been either really good, Philadelphia, Denver, or really bad. First half of Chicago, the entire game against Buffalo, and I would argue most of the game against Arizona. Has it been the problem that the defense is? Of course not. But let's not act like the offense has been perfection or impervious to criticism. Of course it has. All right, let's get back to the calls. Uh, Jay Gruden coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Let's go to Santo next up. What's up, Santo? Thanks for hanging in there. How are you?
2: Absolutely, Chris. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing
1: good, man. Thanks.
2: Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening to everything, and the reality is when you look at this this Washington team, there's a few things that are not happening. You know, if you're familiar with a Bose system, a Bose sound system, let's be real here, you know that each one of those speakers possess a certain quality, and if they're spread out properly, you get the full effect of everything. Mm -hmm. Just like San Francisco and their playmakers and the way that their players are playing aggressively defensively. You can talk about – you know their their leadership and everything, but we have, you know, you talk about Chase Young, Montez Sweat, um, guys who can really change the game, but their positioning and everything it's it's more dissonance. You're expecting this quality of 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 caliber of play every down, and you've got um, you know, you, you've got Chase Young trying to uh, blitz all the time, you know, or, or sitting way back in the zone when you know he might get burnt. I mean. Play to the strengths. Think about what you have there. You you, you got potential, and your defense is only going to hold you up for so long. Uh, I know we talked about that in San Francisco with the L.A. Rams last, uh, with the Rams last season. Their defense kept them in the game the whole time. They just didn't have a quarterback to 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 put the points on the board. Um, the offense, the offense isn't do, our offense isn't doing anything special. Unfortunately, they're not committing to. Uh, quick passes to the flats. They're not trying to dedicate to the run. If I can't respect either one of what you, either way that you play, I will not. I'm going to disrespect you the whole time. I'm going to blitz you every down because I know your quarterback can't give it to the ball. And uh, you know, Sam Howell's got to get the he's got to get the ball away a lot quicker. And I think what's happening as a young guy, he's got skills, but he's also uh, you know fragile mentality uh you can't coddle that but if you were to go to any other team mm-hmm. the one thing we've always had an issue with here and a lot of our sports teams in this area is under development
1: uh, I, yes I, I is it under development or is it over evaluation and and maybe uh, it's both Maybe maybe both. it's both because we, we, we get sold on this notion. Like with Emmanuel Forbes, he's clearly not developed right. yet, developing yet, so much so that they finally, after a game and a three quarters of getting ambushed and watching him go out there and flop like a fish, they needed to bench him, which was the absolute right thing to do. Why it took so long, I don't know. So clearly he's not developing at the level that they need him. But did they right. over-evaluate him? Meaning, mm-hmm. <laughs> was he as good as they thought he was to play at a high level from the jump against number one receivers in... And he didn't play all against DJ e. Moore the other night. Kendall Fuller right. was trailing him around in man. But all against mm-hmm. A.J. Brown, some against, um, uh, what do you call it, D.J. Moore. A- a- you know what I'm saying? Did Did, did they over... Clearly, he has not developed, to your point. But also, right. did they over-evaluate a 165-pound corner from <laughs> Mississippi State who just made a bunch of flash <laughs> plays?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right when it comes to that. I mean, over-evaluating. I mean, we see something at face value, say, you know what, that looks great, and uh, expect to take it home, unpackage it, lay it out, and it doesn't perform like we want it to. So... You know, and, and you can talk about what Jack Del Rio's doing on the defense. I'm not blasting anything. Our, our defense is it's uh, like you were saying, conservative, not being aggressive when we need to. Not actually setting. Same thing with offense. We're we're not setting what we're going to do. How are we playing zone? San Fran sat back last night, and like Dallas did. Dallas, Dallas is nothing st- uh, stellar. They they pick you off. They they sit out there, and they make plays that they're supposed to make. San Fran makes plays that they're supposed to make. They're ready to make plays and they're ready to force plays. There's a huge difference there. They were capitalizing on all of the passes that Dak was misthrown and tipped and everything else. That's what you need. You need a you, you're, both offense and defense need to be three dimensional to be able to be able to create plays, be able to sit back and make plays develop, and be able to force plays, make teams uncomfortable. If you're not setting the pace, you, you're gonna you're gonna fall behind. And what happened with uh, Chicago? Was absolutely unacceptable. It I, was horrible.
1: I agree. I agree. Sano, good call, man. Appreciate you. Um, really well thought out. Um, and you're right. And that's kind of like what I'm getting at. Dictate tempo. Come out and run tempo by design on Sunday. Do it from the start. Get the oil running through the engine. If it fails, so bleeping what? Everything else. You do sucks. Everything else, for the most part, sucks. All of your game planning, all of your execution, all of your core ideals, or a little of your values, all of your best laid plans of mice and freaking men,
0: sucks. I'm gonna say something that is going to make a single listener very happy. There is one big difference, and you're pointing out that our tempo and our pacing is what's really missing right now. What was the one aspect that we led the league in last year and we were undeniably the best in?
1: Offense and defense, or are we just talking offense?
0: Offense. Uh, time of possession. There you go. Yeah. Being able to control the pace of the game, yeah. being able to control the amount that the opposition was able to play, mm-hmm. and being able to actually control the clock. That was where we were... Stellar. You can say there was a lot of issues, and there were a lot of issues last year. The one thing you cannot say we were not fantastic at clock management and at making sure time of possession for the opposition was nil. Uh,
1: that's a good point. Now, and that's now, we've now, lost I, and now if you come out throwing a flea flicker by design, or if you come out with a hurry up and design and tempo by design, which is what I'm calling for, yeah, it it, it does.
0: And me- I will it say, does
1: mean that you could put yourself in peril if that's what you want to do, if that's what you feel is wrong.
0: I will say also. So I don't
1: expect it. I don't expect that they're going to do what what I want them to do, but I expect more the philosophy that you're trying to l- lay out, I believe is where they're going to come into this game and say, okay, listen, it's all gone wrong. We have to get back to hammer and nails time. We have to get back to doing it, to grind it out, control – Clock ball physical hat on it. You know Danny Ruae style of football. Danny loves that style of football.
0: Oh, nobody likes that style of football because that style yeah. of football is boring right. and. I think that what you're pointing out is that you want more quick game, more being able to speed it up and to be able to make bigger chunk gash plays. And I think,
1: well, I also don't want you to, you know, come out and huddle like you have all day long. Absolutely. Like come out and, st- and, and, and hit somebody before they're into the game. You know, like how every other team does it to you. Hit them in the mouth before they wake up. Before they settle down, you know what the Diamondbacks did to Clayton Kershaw the other night? They scored like six runs in one-third of an inning. He got one out, and he was out of the game, and his ERA is like a 162.5 because he allowed six runs in one-third of an inning. They hit him in the mouth before he even had a chance, before he even knew what hit them. Now, the commanders are going to come out. I'll tell you how they're going to come out. Because they know the Falcons are going to run the ball and like to run the ball and try and control the clock themselves, third, short, this, that, and the other thing, whatever. They're going to try and come out and slow the game down, muddle the game up, reduce possessions, try and run the ball more, be more physical, be more downhill. And some of that will work, Matt. Some of that will work, to your point. Control the clock, keep the Falcons all, all that. Some of that will work. But I, I guess what I'm saying is you can still do that if you do it my way first. Come out. Again, no huddle on the first drive. Gas them early. Get into a rhythm. Short. It doesn't have to be. I just suggested the flea flicker because nobody has seen that so far from this team. Creative. Nobody, yeah, Be creative do by design. Do something that's
0: going to make them yes, question themselves for exactly. the rest of the game. And I think that's the point. In I agree entirely. This isn't about, oh, how creative or anything. This is a, what can you do during the first drive that is A, effective and will get you points, and B, keep the defense on their feet for the rest of the game because they do not know what is coming at them. If you can manage those two things on a first drive, then you have had a very successful first drive and you can control the rate. And I think that I agree with you. I don't think it necessarily needs to be a flea flicker because that can go so wrong. In so many ways, and with this organization, I feel like let's not add all those variables to it, but I agree entirely. There needs to be something that completely shocks the defense, even if it's something that is generally standard, but it doesn't happen always for this team that then they're going to have to contemplate their entire game plan. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980.
1: 301 230 301 Tell you what, take a timeout. Uh, we'll get back to Cliff, Telly, and others. Jay Gruden coming up as well in about 12, 13 minutes. On the other side of 230, right here on the T980, always live and free on the Odyssey app.
4: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I know you leave me. To
1: let you go. All right, good to have you with us. 222, T980. Let's get right back to the call. Squeeze in a couple here before Jay Gruden at the bottom or just past the bottom of the hour. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980 on the... Ace Law listener lines and a Ace Law, help you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Tell my guy, Eric, that the rooster, Team 980, sent you. So, uh, you know, he knows how you heard about them. 8888-ACE-LAW, and you can call us, 301-230-0980. Let's get to Chris Hustle. Telly in D.C. What up, Tell? How are you?
5: you oh. Chris Hustle. What's Man.
1: What's shaking, Bacon?
5: Hey, man. You, hey, look, man. I, you know, last time I talked to you and Doc, I said, yeah, you know what I was saying. You know that the culture's not going to change nothing, but I'm just like, okay, so what are we talking for? We talking about the keys to the game and the keys to success. Whether they change or not, we know and our eyeballs see what's to change to success. And we can go back to the Bruins or whatever, man. It don't matter what players you stick in there, man. If you're not putting the players in the best position to succeed, you're going to come to failure, man. I don't care how much you do it your way. It's basic football. They want to make it hard and all that. Man, nah. You don't got to be hard and extravagant and all this. Let's go back to basic football. It's Seattle doing it. Uh uh uh, 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 San Francisco doing it. You got a whole, you got a whole slew of teams out here doing it. B more they doing it. All that man. You go back to basic football, and you want to add out off the basic football. You can add out, establish something. Establish if you got a line that's not cohesive, you make them cohesive because every line want to go. They they want to be dominant. You push them forward to be dominant. As if they, they backpedaling all the time, that's not dominant. You think passing the ball all the time gonna be dominant? No, that's not. The running game opens up the passing game, man. It's it's, it's clear in our face. Gibbs came back again and showed you what it was. Off of off uh the dude came from KC having a thousand page playbook. Game said, scratch that. He leaned on Clinton and said, this is what we're doing, and let's rock with it, and it worked. All I'm saying is, man, switch up the mindset as far as the coaches and as far as the fans, and look, this thing not working. I don't care about the fantasy league and you know, how many points you want to score. long as we win, we win. People talking about Philadelphia, oh, they're not looking all that good, but what's their rocket. Brands is count your W's count, man. Hell
1: to the case, man. You be easy, baby. Thank you, Telly. Appreciate you. I, Run I mean, listen. The damn phone. You're speaking <laughs> my love language.
6: Run <laughs> the damn
1: ball. Listen. At this point, I'll take twenty to nineteen. You know. You know how last week we asked, "Is this a must-win game?" Or we no. I'm sorry. We didn't ask. We we said, as a matter of fact, it wasn't a either-or. It was an absolute must-win game. We asked if it was a must-win convincingly or just a must-win game by a point, two points, what have you. Little did we know they were going to get ambushed and annihilated by 20 points, okay? And it could have been worse. Could have been worse. At this point, moving forward every single game, whether it's... The old 17-15 style from 2021. Remember when they won back-to-back games against the Raiders and against the Seahawks on Monday night, 17-15, which, like, absurdly never happens. If you can win 15.3 to 14.7, I'll take it. I'll take it. Style points be damned. Just get the job done. If you can choke out an opponent and not expose your defense and control the clock for 38 minutes, I don't care about the stupid number nerds. Just be effective. Just win somehow, some way. Let's get to Cliffy in D.C. What's up, Cliff? How are you?
3: Hey, what's going on, Roos? I'm going two ways, both offense and defense. Um, I'm going to start defense first. Um, Not saying that that um, Forbes is a bad player. I know he's finding his way around, but I think we made the wrong pick again. I think we should have tried our best to get Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter Jr. Because I was in the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game yesterday, and nobody expected Joey Porter to go up and get that interception in the end zone.
1: Now, it was a terrible throw by Lamar. I mean, Lamar was the victim of many drops, but that was a terrible throw by Lamar. But, to yeah, your point, and, okay, Porter yeah. made a big play in a big spot, a huge spot. Yeah, now I'm going to go offense.
3: Like uh, everybody was saying, been hopping on it for the long, for the longest. Because, like you said, they didn't put it in the rule. They didn't change the rules. When they get down there inside that five-yard line, I don't care if you have to put a 300-pound offensive or defensive lineman back there in the backfield as a fullback. Mm-hmm. If he has to carry the ball – Give them the ball as well, just as long as they cross that goal line. The name of the game is outscoring the opponent. That's what they need to be doing. I don't know what Robert Burr is thinking these days, but they did it when he was playing for the Chicago Bears, when he used to run a uh, William Refrigerator Perry in the end zone, when they did it in the Super Bowl, when everybody thought Walter Payton was going to get the ball. But um, they just need to get consistent, find a real identity – and start winning some games, and i sit back and listen.
1: All right, thank you, Cliff. Appreciate it. I, I, you know, it's hard to find an identity. We, uh, Linnell and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It's hard to find an identity. It's hard to find something that works and works consistently. But you know what? Isn't it everything that they've done so far? Isn't it everything? 229, Team 980, quick trending alert, and then Jay Gruden coming up. All right, Justin Jefferson looks like he's going to be uh, out for at least this week and perhaps more. Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach uh, of the 1-4 and Minnesota Vikings after they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, saying that he's down today, uh, one of the most ultra-competitors I've ever met. Was trying to go back into the game yesterday, he missed the final 21 plays. Vikings lose to Kansas City, uh, and they are awaiting test results to see what ultimately happens with Justin Jefferson, but not looking good. Tonight, Monday Night Football, Green Bay visiting the Las Vegas Raiders at 1-3, and three. the pack 2 and 2 They've been off for about 11 days or so since losing at Lambeau to the Detroit Lions, and in baseball, two National League Division Series. Tonight, game two, Philly-Atlanta. The Phillies with a one nothing series lead, 6 7 followed by Arizona and the Dodgers at 9 7 with the Diamondbacks. Up one game to none in that series, and that's what's trending. it is a Motown Monday. We continue right along right here. We'll get back to your calls in just a little bit. Hang tight. Because joining us right now is Jay Gruden in his normal Monday spot on the BetQL guest hotline on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, F-150 headquarters, and Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home. To Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage, see and shop them all at TedBritt.com. And Jay's with us now as we spin around the rest of the NFL and the Commanders. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, thanks. Uh, Good to hear from you, as always. All right, before we get into uh, some of the fun stuff from yesterday, Let's revisit what happened on Thursday night. You and I haven't had a chance to talk. I know you were very confident uh, in the commanders. I think everyone was. I was less con. I thought they would win, Jay, but I thought it would be tough. Uh, maybe I was overrated in the Bears based on what I had seen against the Broncos. I don't know. Uh, maybe I was uh, just, you know, gloom and doom, as I always am. I know you were stunned, uh, but have have you been able to put it into any perspective like you know like to, to see the demolition it wasn't just losing a game jay right they were just destroyed on thursday night
4: yes hats off to chicago they came out swinging threw a couple haymakers and landed them and washington could never recover i mean it was 27 to 3 at the half uh, not much on offense nothing on defense and chicago was ready to play despite Their secondary being all beat up and their coaches getting hammered in the media. They came out flying and they came out uh, with some success. Justin Fields was throwing bombs to DJ Moore and we had no answer.
1: I I thought uh, you, when you were the head coach here, even Shanahan, even Ron since. Usually, when you get just kicked in the teeth, you know, by the media, by the fans, everybody's against you, everybody's doubting you. I always thought you guys would respond with like your best performance, whether you win or not, you know, I, I, obviously things different things happen. but it, it, when you get when you get um I guess heavily criticized, does that change the dynamic? in the building or or in any building that you've been a part of, like when all the outside noise is against you, does that galvanize the boys or does that not really make any kind of an impact ultimately? Well, you try
4: to make it us against the world type mentality. You know, it's uh, everybody's ripping on you from your own media to your own fans, to people around the league. Uh, It's it's difficult because people read it. uh, Players read it. Coaches read it. And it's kind of depressing because you put your heart and soul into this deal, and Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like you're not getting anything done. But it's really important to try to rally the troops and get everybody to believe in what you're preaching uh, on Monday through Saturday and then get them out there ready to play on Sunday.
1: You can follow Jay Gruden on X. That's right. It's not Twitter anymore in case everybody is unaware. You should be aware of this by now, at Coach underscore Jay Gruden at coach underscore Jay Gruden. You can see him on video. He got the podcast going a uh, 33rd team, everything. And of course, hear him each and every Monday with us right here on the team. 980. Um, so ultimately Emmanuel Forbes gets benched. I thought Kendall Fuller obviously struggled big time in coverage, um, I think Derek Forrest is off to a really, really, really difficult start. Uh, Percy Butler was exposed the other night, Jay. I I think that's where the game completely just fell apart right from that first drive. How do you kind of figure out with all the investment that this team has put into the defensive back group uh, and um, I guess the defense overall, how you could get annihilated so bad? I mean, is it just one bad night at the office or is there – just a thing where you say and man there's been some troubling signs really for the last four weeks because that's where I'm at
4: yeah no they're troubling there's no doubt about it and especially when you see AJ Brown go for 160 say well you know here comes DJ more surely there's going to be a plan in place to limit his targets and there really wasn't one they tried to put uh St. Juice on him early he got beat and then they put Forbes on him he got ripped and then Fuller got beat pretty bad so Eventually, you can play cover two, and they did try to play cover two once, and they got a whole shot on them. The safety mm-hmm. turned shoulders away from DJ Moore for some reason. So, a lot of it's technique related. Guys are breaking on balls, they're not securing a tackle, they're not getting the ball out, they're not making a tackle. So, uh, they're not. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called the triple whammy. Yeah. Um, well, they well, have to well, get well, themselves in better position to make tackles at least and limit the damage and make teams earn every blade of grass. You can't throw a 10 yard stop route. A.J. Brown or D.J. Moore and have them run for 50 uh, time and time again. That happened twice with uh, yep. A.J. and twice with D.J.
1: So so that's really the technique part of this, right, because Ron has re- referred to the technique. It's the instead of playing with your eyes and your discipline, um, and, and obviously you had Josh Norman here who did that excellent in Carolina, not so well here for whatever reason, but instead of using your eyes and discipline, Is Emmanuel Forbes just simply as 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 bare bones as I can make it? Gambling too much and then being exposed by that gamble and his technique, or is it something more complicated?
4: Well, I think part of it is he's gambling a little bit too much. I think he's made plays like that in the past in college, but these quarterbacks are putting the ball in great locations. Justin did a couple of those. Obviously, Jalen Hurts did a couple of them where only the receiver can get them. And uh, when that's the case and you're planning to get these quarterbacks who are throwing these dimes out there, you better get yourself in position to make a play and then pick your spots when you could go after the ball, try to get the pick or knock the ball down. But very, very important with the defensive front that Washington has uh, to make teams go the long way they can't have those big plays of 50 yards on stop routes and easy completions
1: yep the big explosives Jay Gruden with us again at coach underscore Jay Gruden uh, on X brought to you by the Ted uh, Britt Ford group right here on the team 980 as he is each and every Monday Um, all right so Sam Howell in the offense They did absolutely diddly-poo in the first half, which it would have been really nice if they would have been able to help, but certainly came alive in the second half. Is that just part of the growth process of a young quarterback still, Jay, where at least you got the positive stuff in the second half on a terrible night? At least you don't have nothing to show for the offense on Thursday, and you can carry some of that into Atlanta.
4: Well, I think he's done enough throughout the course of the year to feel pretty good about your offense's ability to get some yards. They do have to start faster. And, and it's important for Washington, as you see a lot of these teams, to try to play with the lead so they can be more balanced as well and not put Sam in harm's way and take five, six, seven sacks every week. He's taken way too many sacks. Their offensive line has to protect way too long. There's no play-action uh, threat at all because they're down so much and they're playing mm-hmm. from behind. They're in third and long. Uh, so it's very tough on a young quarterback. The, the the key is to stay balanced and stay close in games and try to win games in the fourth quarter like they did against Arizona and like they did against Denver.
1: Is, and I don't know if I'm seeing this right. So you tell me. Uh, it seems like a lot of these sacks come off of the deep drops, whether they be out of gun and then you drop another four or five, you know, steps after that. Whatever the case might be, seven step drops. Is is it as simple as that? Number one and number two. Um, it, what is the way that you can scheme around that and, and besides just a three-step drop or a little one-step pivot drop or maybe a design rollout or something like that? And can you do that all the time? Can you major in that?
4: Well, I mean, you can minor in that. I don't mm-hmm. think you can major in it. You're going to have that as part of your rep, repertoire for sure. You're going to try to mix up the quarterback's location where he's throwing it, where it's outside the pocket, over the center, three-step, five-step. Um, but, yeah, it's very important for them to not. It's it, some of their, it's not all deep drops. Some of it's blitz related. They let the linebacker for Philadelphia get three sacks yep, a yep. week and a half ago. Yep. You know, So they got to do good in their blitz pickup schemes. They've had a couple five man protections that they've blown cover or blown protections on. So there's a lot of different variances. And then sometimes they just get beat. A guard gets beat or a center gets beat or a tackle gets beat. And that's going to happen uh, when you're throwing the ball 50-something times a game. The key is to not throw the ball 50 times a game and play with the lead and, and try to get Brian Robinson involved because he's running very hard. way right. he's running and they just can't get them involved because they were down 27-3 to at the
1: half. So that's got to be the game plan this week against Atlanta, right? And Atlanta played pretty well yesterday. I was talking about Ritter, and and, and they've got some weapons, Bijan, and so on and so forth, right? But you've got to help your offense to stay like you said, balanced and in a rhythm third and, you know, shorts or third and mediums. Stay, you know, ahead of the chains, if you will. Slow down the game, clock, time of possession, and that also, if you can do it successfully, Jay, right? Helps your offense, but it also helps your defense. You don't Ask your defense to go out there, uh, presuming that they don't have, you know, that they're not gushing oil like they seem to be, and you don't ask them to be on the field for 34, 35 minutes. That's exactly right. It helps everybody,
4: and then it helps you stay in the game in the fourth quarter. And somebody will make a play in the fourth quarter, hopefully, and get a turnover and, and win the game that way. So there's different ways to go about offenses, but it's very important for you to stay in third short. Uh, try to get your running game going. Keep your defense fresh. Keep your offensive line moving forward. Uh, not just backpedaling and pass blocking the entire week.
1: All right, I got a silly, fun question I got to ask you. On your ex-bio, I I brought this up uh, uh, last week, and now that I have you, I got to ask you. Um, And and you said your son set it up, so I presume this is your son. But it says the former head coach of the Washington football team. Jay, you were never the former head coach of the Washington football team. You're a Redskins guy, man.
4: That's exactly right. I'll get that changed as soon as I get off the phone here. (laughs)
1: i'm teasing you i i laughed and i thought it was maybe some sort of protest and i said i said to myself i said if i know jay maybe that's done by design to tweak Uh, somebody
4: well we don't want to offend anybody you know the way people get offended redskins (laughs) is such a dirty word
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love it i'm glad i asked all right let's spin around the nfl uh jay gruden with us for another couple of minutes um so Jay, I don't know if you saw the end of the Denver Jets game uh yesterday. Um you know, I was watching it on Red Zone and I was making this point. Like Sawa and uh and um who's the uh, defensive coordinator uh the the guy that used to be uh all uh was it Albrecht? Uh, no, I forgot his name. Anyway The defensive coordinator and Salah with the Jets, man, they were like unleashing the dogs the last two series for the Broncos. One with a three-point lead, which creates the turnover, the fumble, and the return. And then even with a 10-point lead on the final, boy, they wanted to absolutely just destroy Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and that offensive line. To me, that was so creative and so fun. It's like, we have a lot of talent, but we're going to be relentless, and we're going to attack – Um, Was that, I mean, obviously it worked for them. Is that something that struggling defenses, i.e. Washington, can use that as a mentality to say, hey, what we're doing execution-wise is not working. Let's dictate tempo. Let's dictate something to the offense. It helps
4: at uh, the Jets when they have two elite corners. Yeah. I mean, they really do. They got guys who can cover anybody, anywhere, anytime. So when you have that luxury, you can be ultra aggressive with your front and your linebackers blitzing and all that good stuff. It's fun to coach a defense when you have corners that can shut down uh, your two best receivers. Unfortunately for Washington, they probably got to play more coverage. They got to play more shell coverage. They got to play more light boxes, uh, which is scary this week, especially against Atlanta's running game. Ah, uh, but they have to protect their corners because nobody's really shutting anybody down. It's uh, Drake London's probably already here stretching at the stadium. He yeah. can't wait to play. Yeah, you know so. It's a tough spot for Coach Del Rio, but they do probably have to become more aggressive, try to take the fight to them and blitz a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter and try to force him into mistakes. They got to get some turnover somehow and create some momentum changes. And uh, they're just not doing much of anything on defense to do that.
1: Yep. Just haven't been able to, uh, like you said, get the takeaways that they were so, you know, counting on. Uh, and until they can get them, and especially if they're leaking oil in so many ways, which they are. Um, you know, it's probably going to be ugly. How about uh, San Francisco last night, Jay? Uh, I, I, you know, a lot of people were surprised by this. Uh, clearly, Dallas' defense without Trayvon Diggs is not the same on the back end. Micah's a little bit banged up. But, I mean, that 49er offense, as long as they're healthy and when they're clicking on all cylinders um, and, and and everyone's there, are they unstoppable or is and just injury is going to stop them? Or is there something, some sort of way a defense can attack them slash control them?
4: Uh, they're pretty much hard to stop right now. They have a lot of different weapons that can hurt you. Um, they run the ball extremely well. They can run either side, but preferably left behind Trent. Sure. He's unbelievable. They have a great blocking tight end, a great receiving tight end. They have great receivers that block. I mean, they block their faces off downfield. I mean, it's unbelievable. So McCaffrey gets great looks. I mean, they, if you want to load up the box, your safeties will be blocked by either, uh, you know, Debo or whoever, Iuke, they're great blockers. And Jawan Janney's will go in there and, and he'll block defensive linemen. It's crazy how good they block. And then they pull out the play actions and they get Kittle and they get Debo and they get Iuke down the field in light boxes. And they just, they got you. There's not a weakness on their team. And the way Purdy's playing right now, at an MVP level, you know it, it's going to be tough to stop them. The only chance you have is to get them in third and long and try to hit pretty hard early, mm-hmm. knock them out of the game, like Philadelphia did last year.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, uh, and that's the only way they really slowed them down. Uh, Jay, you me- you mentioned Trent Williams. You know he he used to play here, didn't he? He was pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
4: he was a pretty good player for us. We just let him walk right out the building. See you right. later.
1: Was was that a uh, was that a smart plan? No, that was
4: not a very smart plan. You have to protect your elite players. You don't have many of them in the NFL. I agree. And when you get one, you have to make sure you keep them and keep them on your team, especially one as dominant as Trent is probably the best of all time at his position.
1: Yeah. Another guy that walked out the building was Kirk Cousins. Now, we know the Vikings are struggling, uh, and now they look like they're going to lose Justin Jefferson. I I mean, how do you dig out of the hole that the Vikings are in? Because, Jay, they they won all these close games last year, and now they're losing all of them, and now you're without your best player.
4: Yeah, it's going to be hard. Uh, Personnel-wise, on defense, they're struggling. Brian Flores does a good job with them, though, but they don't have the personnel right now on defense. They got to have a couple of good drafts. They got to get some free agents. They got to get some players in there. And offensively, they're they're not doing a great job protecting Kirk. He's getting hit a lot and mm-hmm. hit hard. Um, and then with Justin out, you know, Addison's going to have to step up, make some plays. They got to get Hawkinson back going again. Uh, but they'll be very light-handed when you lose a player of his caliber.
1: When you look at the Miami Dolphins we know about Tua, we know about the brilliance of Mike McDaniel so on and so forth but when, I mean all all of the speed <laughs> all of the speed measures and all that I mean they are like between a Chaín Tyreek Hill and um uh and wow. and, and Waddle wow. uh, they have the fastest players 1 2 and 3 and 4 across the board in the NFL I, I mean obviously they've built this offense to have that electric speed did you think it was going to work this well? And uh, and I guess can you? I, of course, you can build a team this way. Can it be sustained um, long term? I guess.
4: Yeah, if they stay healthy for sure. You know, um, you know, Tua got hurt last year, which killed their chances of advancing in the playoffs. You know, with Tua healthy and the way he's playing right now, and distributing the ball, he had a couple bad turnovers last week for this game, but uh, he's still, you know, lighting it up. You know, Tyreek Hill and Waddle, they are great and. You know, they don't have many weaknesses. they got speed everywhere. Mozart can run. A-chain can run. So they're fun to watch. They're a fun football team to watch. They utilize motions. They get their best players out in space and, and utilize them uh, beautifully. So they're going to be a tough team to beat. Their defense is what's going to hold them back, I think. You know, they, they just don't play very good defense. They played decent against the Giants last mm-hmm. week, but the Giants are just really struggling. Yep. Um, but we'll see how they do against the better defenses in the NFL. All
1: right. I got one more for you, Uh. and uh, I, I can ask you a million questions, but – the Patriots are absolutely wretched right now in every way. I mean, offense, defense, but especially offense. How would you try and fix Max, uh, Max, Mac Jones if you were Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick?
4: That's a great question because I don't know what their identity is. They don't have a power running game. They can't just beat you with the running game. Um, they don't have a lot of speed outside. They can't drive the ball down the field. Mac doesn't have that type of arm. So I don't know what plays you call, to be honest with you. I mean, you got to get really creative. you probably got to dial up two or three trick plays a game to try to get some chunk plays somehow, but they're really reeling on offense. And it's not just Mac Jones. It's the offensive line. It's the running game. It's the receivers. They're struggling to get open. And uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be in that position to have to call plays. I was in that position one time for a little bit of time to try to call plays with, a battered offensive line and battered quarterbacks it's no fun whatsoever.
1: Nope, not at all. Jay, I appreciate you as always. Great to have you on uh, the show. As always, great insight. Uh, and I'll talk to you uh, real soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Chris. There you go. It is Jay Gruden and on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford, in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F 150 headquarters in Ted Britt, Chevrolet, and strolling all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at TedBritt.com. Back in a flash on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app. All right, let's try and squeeze in a quick uh, call here before the top of the hour. Thanks to Jay Gruden. If you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. Just past 2.30. Excellent stuff, as always. I'm both the Commanders and a quick spin around the NFL. Matt will have the full podcast up for you shortly uh, at theteam980.com. Theteam980.com, where you can listen to every show in its entirety, hour by hour, all the interviews isolated and all sorts of things. I think Ross Tucker is going to join us um, at some point this week. We're going to have a capital, maybe two. Uh, on Thursday and Friday as the Caps open up their season. So we will have some different things for you uh, as well. Plus, Al Snow, one of the stars of the Netflix Wrestlers uh, docuseries right now uh, on Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, Let's get to John in Oklahoma. What's up, John? How are you?
6: Hey, I'm fine today, Chris. Uh, Thanks for taking my
1: call. Yeah, thanks for making Uh, it as always. Hey, no problem, man. Good show, always.
6: You. Um, you know, Ron, after the game the other day, he sat there and he's talking about, well, we're going to sit down, we're going to uh, look at the tape and talk about it and see what's going on. And then he talks about, you know, how he develops his players and everything. He was still saying he had, you know, t- teach them how to tackle. I mean, these guys are the pros. Are you still having to teach them how to tackle On it? You know, it's crazy. If they don't know how to tackle by now, what are we drafting them for? But, uh, you know, Ron. He he's all got kind of about this draft, and not. You look back at this kid from Mississippi State. You know, Ron thinks he's smarter than by us, just like the kid from Kentucky he drafted. You know, it's been, yeah. What three years developing him? You know, he thinks he knows something everybody else don't know. But but you know
1: what, John? You know what, John? Though here's the problem, right? It's I mean, Ron's got ultimately all the power, but it's not just yeah. him. You know, like there's a lot yeah. that goes into this process. What we don't know is what happens behind yeah. the scenes. Like, is, for instance, like their lead college scouting director, Tim Gribble, saying, no, 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 Christian Gonzalez is better than Emmanuel Forbes, and Ron saying, no, 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 I got this, Emmanuel Forbes. Now, I, I don't know <laughs> that's if that's right. happening, but and we'll never uh, but, know, and that's the problem yeah. when one person well, has all the power.
6: Right, but, Chris, he has the final say, and, and right. if he didn't want to pick Forbes, he didn't, he didn't have fair. to. Like that's fair, that's fair. He's, he, he's been getting every, all the ingredients. You know, he's the bottom line. And, uh, I, you know, we've got a couple like Curl and them late in the draft stuff. I, I really like, you know. But these players, you know, we have to develop them. And everybody else takes them out there and they play, and they play really good. Like, you know, San Francisco's Bosa people, you know, Parsons. We don't ever get anybody like that. I mean, he just—I don't
1: understand him. Sometimes. You know, the one player that I, I that I think they did a brilliant job of developing, and maybe it's just an anomaly, but they probably don't get enough credit for is Cam Curl. I mean, he stepped in right away oh, yeah. from the jump, and boom—you know—and and I thought they did a—I a, thought they did a pretty good job with Derek Forrest, But now Derek Forrest has really struggled the last four games, yeah. so now I'm a little yeah. unsure of what they have. Yeah, and they can't tackle. What is the deal? You have yeah. had them what
6: a year, five, even five games. You still don't know how to make. They don't have a tackle. Well, you know well, part of the problem is somebody. is the
1: you know the collective yeah. the collective bargaining yeah. agreement does not allow them to tackle yeah. well, in practice. Lot, yeah. But they're not doing something yeah. in the process that other good teams are doing. You know that's the problem.
6: Yeah, yeah and they're, they don't seem motivated. And you know you shouldn't have to motivate your players. Yeah. That's why they come out there and the game. No, I got gotcha. you. I would tell you what would motivate them. i thought you case that would
1: motivate them. Take the paychecks Take away. That pay yes, sir. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, what would exactly. motivate them. Thank you, John. I appreciate hey. you. I'm up against the top of the hour. Good to hear from you. As always, Jonesy Little on the way. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty on the team. 980 always live and free on the Odyssey app.